All right, everybody, welcome back to Latter-day Takes. So I'm going to do something a little bit different for today's episode. I'm going to do an intro on a video with just me, and um, I wanted to take some time to address something specific, actually, um, before we get to the bulk of the episode, which I'll introduce here near the end. But before we get to that, there's something that stood out to me this week I don't know, I guess it struck a nerve or something, but <clears throat> it it involves Megan Rapino. Um and before I really get going further, I think I should probably just go ahead and let her say, you know, share like I'm gonna share what she had said um literally just a few days ago as a result of her injury. So let's look at that here. I mean, those speak with us, but yeah, I thought about it a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm not a religious person or anything. And if it wasn't God, like, this is for good reason. This is f***ed up. Um, so, yeah, it just, it's just f***ed up because, like, six minutes in, meet my Achilles. I mean, what the f***? She says, if there is a God, this is proof there isn't because of an injury that she received on the soccer field that may subsequently end her career, <clears throat> which, by the way, I mean, just call a spade a spade, is a very storied career. It's very commendable, things she was able to accomplish, which is actually part of this, which I think is interesting. But um, I think it's really important to acknowledge and understand that Megan Rapino is essentially just trying to troll anybody that believes in God anybody religious that believes in a higher power of sorts. Um, because if her career ended how she wanted it to, right, like just, you know, which wouldn't involve an injury, I guess, which would just be on her terms completely, I don't see how that would cause her to believe in God, right? I mean, she said, I'm not a religious person. So really, she just outed herself as just saying, I want to take a, a second to take a shot at anybody who's religious, which I would, I would hope that a lot of her fans aren't religious because that would be really hard as a fan who is religious to see that. That'd be really frustrating to, for her to just basically say, I don't care what you believe, what you believe is cuckoo nonsense. And here's why, which is the most reductionist argument you could ever make when it comes to saying, Oh, there must not be a God because I didn't get my way. But one thing I wanted to point out too, and there's like, there's a few things is that she's clearly saying right then, too, that she is entitled to not have her career end by an injury, which there are a lot of amazing sports careers that have ended by injury. Um, just a few, just to name a few, Bill Walton, Gail Sayers, Sandy Koufax, Pete Maravich, Bo Jackson, um, and then I even looked further. I was like, well, let's see, have there been female soccer players whose careers have ended from injury? And there were a couple. One in particular stands out, and that's Cindy Parlow Cohn. Um, she was a midfielder, won the World Cup in 1999, and had to end her career early because of concussions. She's now like the president of the International Soccer Federation or something like that. Um, and what I as I was just kind of looking into this very lightly, I, one thing that I thought was interesting too was the fact that um, there's studies out there that have actually shown apparently that female soccer players specifically 
are at higher risk for career-ending ACL injuries, specifically the Journal of Sports Rehabilitation. 30% of female footballers terminate their careers due to injury. A retrospective study among former Polish players. So they were taking specifically um, soccer players, women soccer players or footballers in Poland and comparing and, and seeing that women are at more risk, which Megan Rapino of all people, would like to believe that they're the exact same as men, right? That they, you know, the, the injuries, if that's the case, then the injuries should be equal as well. Anyway, that's a little interesting side note. But I just, as I was kind of reflecting on this, I was thinking, you know, that's got to be a tough place to live. And I mean, inside your own head. Um, Megan Rapino clearly thinks she's entitled to have her life be a certain way. Now, she's worked very hard to accomplish a lot of amazing things. In fact, you know, she was a World Cup winner in, in 2015 and 2019. She won the gold in 2012, player of the week in the National Women's Soccer League many times. She won the golden ball and the golden boot, which I think the golden ball is one of those is the best player in 2019 for the uh, World Cup. And the other one is like the top scorer. She got them both. Um, she also got the Presidential Medal of Freedom um, from President Biden. So I, I don't even know what it takes to get that, but whatever, she got it. So, and that's just, I mean, I'm mentioning like less than 10% of things that she's accomplished. Just giving a few of the highlights. But that's not good enough, right, to, 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 for, to indicate to her that there could be a God because she's been able to do this. Now, granted, she's thinking, well, no one did this for me. I did it for myself. And that's all where this ties together. It's the it's the hubris involved here to think that um, I want my life to live to be lived a certain way, and I want me to be able to do certain things. And if anyone were to say otherwise, then that proves that there can't be a God. But if there is a God, he would make he would let me do things the way I want to do them. Like I said, not only is it reductionist, it's kind of a logical fallacy anyway. Um, doesn't even really make a whole lot of sense from her end, but I did want to contrast it with something else that has been thrown out there that I thought was kind of nice. And that's, that's what you see in these situations. You see this major contrast between, you know, people that are very godless and like to tout that and, and try and troll others or, or make others feel stupid for believing in a God. And then you get a lot of beautiful God fearing, God loving people out there who come in support of religion. So I'm going to show you here. This is uh, David Pollock, um, who, let me make sure I'm sharing this right. David Pollock played, I believe, linebacker at the University of Georgia. This would have been maybe sometime in the early 2000s. Um, and he is now currently a commentator at ESPN. And this is what David Pollock had to say. Why do you say that the day you broke your neck is the best day of your life? The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And the peace that comes with being still and knowing that he is God, the peace that comes with knowing he's in control. When you lose everything that you were pursuing, listen, from when I was six years old, that's what I wanted. Like, that's what I was going to go get. And um, when you lose that in a snap, it's, what, where, where are we going next? I don't know. No clue, no degree. Okay, now what are you going to do? Do you have faith? Are you going to trust me? Yeah, I am. So you look back now like I'm a better dad. 
I'm a better husband, a better follower. Like everything about my life is better. Such a beautiful sentiment there that he shared that I loved. Now, he didn't share that specifically. Well, he shared the video in response to what Megan Rapinoe had said, but I believe he was, that was some podcast he was doing a while ago, well before Megan Rapinoe came out with this nonsense. But I love that. That's exactly, that's, that is articulated and summed up perfectly, is that when we have these humbling moments, it's an opportunity to better ourselves in so many other ways. He said, I'm a better dad. I'm a better husband. Um, and I'm sure he's better at his profession because of it. And he really put his time and efforts into other things. And through that, really broadened his horizons. Joel Klatt, who's another sports commentator, does college sports for Fox Sports, I believe, replied to that, that what David Pollack had posted. And what's kind of cool is that these are, I mean, technically rival commentators, right? One from ESPN, the other from Fox Sports. Joel Klatt says, he already won, he being God. He took our place, or specifically, I believe he's talking about Christ here. He already won. He took our place so that we can rest in his peace, knowing that regardless what we face on earth, on this earth, our place is set in the future. Another beautiful sentiment being shared. So that's what we're going to start seeing, right? More and more, we're going to start people, we're going to start seeing people say, like, this is the reason why there's not a God. They're going to come out with some argument. But on the flip side, we're going to see, start seeing a lot other people saying, this is the reason why there is a God. And those are the reasons. I mean, like I said, David Pollack and Joel Klatt kind of summed up my own reasoning anyway. So you don't need to hear why I believe there's a God, which I've shared many times on here, basically. And I wanted to share all that with you because it's really sad. More than anything, it's just sad. I'm not, I'm not upset at Megan Rapinoe. I don't look at there and be like, oh, how dare you? That's so mean and rude and terrible and blah, blah, blah. You're an awful person. I'm sad. I'm sad for her. I'm sad that she truly feels that way because that's got to be a dark place to live. And I certainly wouldn't want to live in that place. All right. So moving forward with the podcast here, um, I actually brought my sister on, believe it or not. So my sister is very much into kind of like astrology stuff, which I kind of laugh as I say that. That's not to condescend to her. It's just very unique. And it's not something I ever thought that I would be interested in. But here we are. And she makes a good argument um, with the gospel and how it can kind of coexist to some degree um, with astrology, which, and I know hopefully this isn't a reductionist way of looking at things, but when you talk about kind of in the Book of Mormon, like three days of darkness or the sun or three, like three days without a night type of thing. Um, and Samuel the Lamanite talking about a star that'll be displaying in the skies to show that Christ has been born. The savior of the world has been born. That's all astrology. And she comments, and I won't spoil who, but she gives two pro. Well, I kind of already did Samuel the Lamanites, one of them. But another one, she talks about how those are like her two favorite astrologists in the Book of Mormon. So we get into that and kind of talk about specific dates of things coming down the wire that where things may be taking place. And retroactively, we talk about a date that had taken place very recently and how that lined up with some scriptures. I believe, if I remember right, out of Daniel. So... It's it's interesting. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I hope you enjoy it all, always. And we'll uh, hope you're having a good week and gearing up for a good holiday. Love you all. And we'll uh, catch you later. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. Of it, most of it. And they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs>
I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, the Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. All right, joining me today on the podcast, a very special guest of mine, first ever, I think, of my siblings to join the podcast. Obviously, my mother has been on, our mother, I should say, um, and she's she's somewhat of a fan favorite. I like to I like to tell people that I discovered her because she was on my podcast before she did her own podcast. So I saw the talent in mom, Faith. I just did, you know, I guess. A lot of people just were kind of waiting for something good to come out of it. And I said, you know, maybe you guys should look into that Lily Anderson. She's got a lot of good things to say. So now look at her. She's just left me in the dust. Anyway, Faith Faith Cottrell (laughs) joining us today on the podcast to talk. Now, here's the thing. I don't really know exactly what we're talking about besides the fact that it's like (laughs) there's some real signs about last day's stuff, essentially. You sent an email recently to the family kind of talking about like, hey, thought this was interesting, look into it. And I was like, that is kind of interesting. I'll be honest. Like there's specifically, and I'll, we'll wait to get to this, a calculation that you shared about a certain date. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to spoil what that is. I'll let you do it. But before we get to that, Faith, uh, how are you doing? Let's Let's talk a little bit of your background into this and then... More specifically, before we get to that even, I want to give a quick shout out. We are recording this on the birthday of someone very special to us, our sister Eden, who, by the way, listens to almost every episode. I'm just going to throw that out there. So major shout out to Eden, our number one fan. Um, Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Eden. Okay, Faith, take it away. Um, I'll, I'll help you along the way. Don't worry. Uh... But you have eight kids. One's go- the the oldest is about to go on a mission, which yeah. blew my mind when you had said that. Next summer, yes, he he's has not started his papers yet. But with the with the change in submitting papers, you can now do it 150 days before your availability date instead of the 120. And with that change, our oldest will put his papers in. Probably, I mean, he might not get it done right then because he has some time. But he can as early as kind of mid-February, wow. which really blew our mind. That is crazy. Because, he, yes, but he's he's an amazing, he's an amazing young man. He'll actually have his associate's degree next spring as a 17-year-old. And um, Are you yeah, serious? So, associate's degree. My goodness. Yes. Yes. We started homeschooling with COVID. And the second year of our homeschool, we put him in a dual enrollment program with the community college here. And we told him from the beginning, you don't have to have your associates by the time you're done. This is just your high school experience is how we were looking at it. He was taking some classes with friends and it was going really well. Some friends from church who homeschooled for years, actually, before COVID. And um, it was going really well. And he he told us, I don't know if it was a year ago or within the last year sometime, he said it was looking like he could have his associates possibly by this December if he took a class in the summer. And we said, if you want to do that, we will support you. We didn't realize he was that close to it, though, even. And so we said, whatever you want to do. And he said, well, I won't take the summer class, but I'll only have one class to take my last semester. Mm -hmm. So he's planning on working a ton and he'll be done with his associates. And then we have two kids who are back in public school. They're in high school as sophomore and freshman this year. 
And then we're still homeschooling five. I guess I am. I mean, Spencer, my husband, is involved, mm. of course, but and in a more limited way since he he works full time, of course. So, so yeah. Does he we, teach them um, health class? A... <laughs> no, actually, I've done more of Seems that. Seems like a big waste being a doctor, but I don't know. Anyway, yes, he's really I know, not leaning into his credentials no. there, is he? <laughs> No, it's always been funny to us that our kids have, when, whenever our kids have come to me to ask me a health-related question, when Spencer is in the room as well, <laughs> when their dad is right there, who's a doctor, and they ask me, and I will often have an answer. I mean, I usually have an answer for everything, right? And I'll give an answer, and sometimes I'll turn to Spencer and say, did I get that right? And he says, yeah, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've taken a very holistic approach to eating, right? health-wise, all that stuff specifically, which like, I don't know if you're familiar with Just Ingredients, are you? I have, I have heard of it. Eden, actually, our sister oh. is the one who introduced me to some of that. I use her tooth powder. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's not meant to be an endorsement, but yeah, yeah we, ha I've gotten a couple of her things. Yeah, they're not sponsors of the podcast yet, so no endorsement there, but <laughs> um, believe it or not, I don't know if you knew this, but you probably did. Uh, Just Ingredients was started by our brother-in-law's cousin cousin yeah, right random yeah connection. carlin um yeah I anyway i don't remember you. her last yeah. name but yes yes eden told me about that and yeah we we started eating mainly a plant-based diet it's been now um over 12 years it's been almost 12 and a half years since we started that and it's been you know back and forth we've never defined ourselves by what we eat um, people have assumed that we're vegan or vegetarian and we have never claimed to be. I mean, we'll go out and we'll get a burger or we'll get, you know, whatever looks good on the menu at the time, really. But um, but we, we do try to eat mostly plant-based. And um, I think that's actually something that has been of real benefit to me. But yeah, holistic stuff. I mean, I've, I kind of do... I don't know. Am I the oddball of the family? I'm not sure. I, you know, I do yoga regularly. I meditate well, regularly. I, I mean, oddball is very relative, right? Um, so <laughs> Good point. I, I would say in, you've got some more unique uh, hobbies and uh, approaches to life than maybe anybody. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe that's it. But at the end of the day, we're still all pretty similar, and you know. But... Well, I agree. We we care about Jesus Christ, yeah, and that's that that's the unifier, yeah. right? I mean, that he really is the answer to everything, and he's the one who unifies all of us. And so I think that's great. That's why we can still have a good time at family reunions, even though we. I mean. Some of us may have different hobbies. And yeah, and I guess that kind of leads Perfect into... Perfect transition. Um, yeah, take it away. Keep going. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because it was about... Um, all Coming up on two years ago, I was introduced to astrology, which I had no interest in before. That is not something I sought out, really. I mean, in college, maybe I Googled my horoscope a few times online because the internet was was newer and readily available when I was in college there. And, you know, and I think, I think sometimes there is this fascination with a horoscope, right? So you but other did, than you that. You did kind of always have like an affinity to, to like, or an interest in that. Not, not like you necessarily, you necessarily didn't give it 
credence per se, but it was just like, hey, I'm kind of curious what it says. I maybe so maybe maybe but I would say for most of the years and they're none I mean like I said I did that a few times in college maybe but then no are you are you cancer I mean, if you would yes and that is the extent of what I knew when you started getting when into astro I, astrology when I when I was yeah kind of when it was put in my path mm -hmm. is what I like to say you know um and and I knew I knew quite early on that I needed to know more is what I knew really. And after a lot of prayer, um, because in, in some ways it, it kind of scared, it didn't, I don't know if scared is the right word, but it was, um, it was different and I knew it was different. And I knew, I, I did know there would be an interesting kind of fallout if I chose to pursue learning astrology, because it's one of those things that, especially in the culture of our church, most people associate it with works of darkness and evil. We can even say that most people associate astrology it with that, I think. They, yes. I don't, yes. I've never associated those things personally. That doesn't mean you're not that doesn't well, mean you're wrong, but I've never associated that. I didn't know that. I well, and I hadn't. I, okay, so this is what I would say. I would say pagan, but not necessarily darkness and evil. So I will. I will say that. I, I didn't think it was necessarily okay. connected to God or anything divine. I have thought that along okay. those lines. Okay, and well, and Isaiah says even at one point he calls the people out and he says something to the effect of call on your astrologers, call on your diviners, call on your, you know, whatever, and let them save you. And, you know, and I had to ponder that a little bit. And I, I did my pondering and I did my praying and the way that I look at that now, and it's just, this doesn't have to be anybody else's answer, but the way that I look at it at is astrology, 100% will not save anybody. It was never meant to save anybody. So if you want to look at it as a saving vehicle, no, you're off because there is only one who saves and that is Jesus Christ. And, and that I think is how Satan takes things, right? He gives, a, the, the Lord gives us tools and Satan will take that tool and he wants us to make a God out of it, right? I mean, I think he does that's, that in a yeah, lot of things. That's the, I mean, the no, no, uh, thou shalt no, no other gods before me, right? It's idols and all that Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of, it's like one of the number one things. And so the Lord does give us these tools to help us on our journey back to him. And, and let's say this too, who put the stars where they are? I mean, who literally put them there? I mean, it was Jesus Christ who was instructed to do that by Elohim, mm -hmm. we know. And when is, when has anything he's been done been coincidental? Or innocuous. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, so that's all of those things were working on me. And I thought, you know, and, and mostly for me, I just had this huge desire spring up in me to learn about this topic. And I was surprised by it. I wasn't scared by the desire. I was surprised. It really caught me off guard because the extent of what I knew was, well, I'm a cancer, right? 
And I mean, since then I've learned, well, no, I am not defined by anything in my chart. You know, what all that means is that the sun was in the constellation of cancer when I was born in July, right? And yes, that reflects a lot about me, but so does where the moon was. And so does where Mercury was. And so does where Venus was and all the other planets, all of those things. And they're all in their own different places. And there are some signs that I have that don't have any planets. And, you know, but some charts you'll look at, everybody's clustered into one and, you know, they're all spread out. So anyway, I I learned and I did actually enroll in a professional program to Mm, learn astrology. Now, there, yeah, I, I did not finish taking all of the first year classes because... It wasn't, it wasn't the right fit because there, there is a certain type of people who gravitates toward. And they generally, the art like they, I feel like they fall under the agnostic category. Is that fair? Generally. Uh, maybe so not. And I think that's shifting. I think there are, you know, more Christian people who, um, who are interested in, in it, but, but more, more the idea of the cosmos, right? It's just, there's just this, this entity kind of thing. Like the cosmos is intelligent and, and they referred to it, you know, the intelligent design of, of the cosmos. And, and if you want to refer to God, then yes. And usually all of the astrologers I've met have been very nice. I mean, they're all very nice, but in my particular case, what I was finding is that all of the sample charts that were used in my training program were of individuals whose lifestyles were um, not not the energy I was wanting to bring into my space and into my home. And and I I feel like these individuals are my brothers and sisters because everybody is like we're all brothers and sisters. But there are certain there are people who have made certain choices that. Uh, I don't, I don't need to invite into my space, if that means. And those were the charts that were being used to, to study. Those were the ones used on the exams. And after a lot of prayer, what I felt was I've been given enough tools now that I can continue to learn on my own. And, and I do have a lot of books and I will continue to look at books. But um, a lot of what I do is, um, is look at people's natal charts. And you did that for me. I talk through... Well, yeah, I I gave you a printout. We never talked we about never yours, talked about actually. I've read I've read through it though. Nope. I kept it on unread in my email for a long time. In fact, it wasn't until just recently that I finally <laughs> left it on, or I finally like let it sit because I went through it again a little bit more extensively, and I even kind of copied and pasted some things in a in an area where I like to have some of my notes and thoughts, like in a in yeah. a Google Doc, because um, it was interesting. Well, it's more fun to talk about it, actually. And I've done that with, um, with some, a couple of siblings, not, not very many, but, um, but they were all very generous and shared their birth times. No, I'm just kidding. You don't need to tell me. Um, (laughs) real quick though, I need to, I need to, I need to, I want to say something because of my own insecurity of knowing your, uh, Zodiac sign, because I normally like that makes it seem like the fact that I knew you were a cancer makes it seem like I'm into this and I'm not. I just know that I'm a Libra right on the line of cancer and Libra. I'm like a day after Libra starts. That's amazing because 
there are 30 degrees between Cancer and Libra. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. It means Libra's not right next to Cancer. Wait, it's not? Libra comes after Virgo. Oh, never mind then. So I, that was just a good guess. I, I get There you go. So there, like, my my naivety through all this does end up showing itself. So it's, it, it comes through. Don't worry. Nobody's going to think you're an astrologer yeah. or astrologer aficionado oh, at all. Okay. Don't worry. No, no, just Don't kidding. But, but I say thinking very facetiously because I am actually curious about this. Obviously, that's why you're here. Um. And I would like to say, too, that you do come across as the atypical type uh, because, you know, there's a lot of people that are like all about, you know, wearing the crystals and and they do kind of tend to be a little bit more agnostic and they and they kind of put more of their reliance on astrology. And that's where that's problematic. And, And it's like that's why I have always had hesitancy in being associated with those people. Not that that's ever been a problem or ever or anything ever close, but never dabbled with it but just that that's why there's that insecurity that's it that's all anyway so not in other yeah. words i don't want to make no, it seem and, like and what, what i feel like what you're doing is like oh yeah this is all just nuts no obviously i don't feel that way but right yes i think that's clear with you having me on here and i do i i have found that in some ways even in this small circle small circle that i've traveled in i do feel like i am a a unique individual in this way that I, I see so much of the beauty in those things. And even the crystals, I think there, I do think crystals were put here to be tools for us, but again, crystals can't save us. You know, they might have certain properties that can facilitate certain things, but the only reason even they have those properties is because of Jesus Christ, because it's his light in them, because his light permeates everything on this planet, right? And so any good that comes from anything at all really stems from Jesus Christ. I mean, he has to be the mark, right? Jacob taught that, like, keep your eye on the mark. And so if you're going to use another tool, remember from whence it comes. Like, don't shift to everybody's got to do crystals because crystals are going to save you. Or even in my case, what I learned was not everybody needs to eat plant-based, You know, because I used to be huge on that. Like, oh, you've got to change your diet because it's going to save your life. And I do think, I do think still that everybody would benefit from eating plant-based, but I don't think it's going to cure every single problem because Jesus will, Jesus has that capability, right? And, and all of that. So that I do feel like I am a little unique in that way. And I hope if anybody listening is in that same camp, I mean, like find me because I, I love that. I love people who are willing to like think outside the box a little bit, but keep it focused on Christ. And because we do have this cultural box within our church and anything outside of it is mm, can't, yeah, can't go you're, there. You're you know, absolutely that's, right on that. And that's something that I think we could use. A, I'll use a little more flexibility on, like when it comes to Eastern philosophy specifically, which is a lot of what you're talking about, but, um, mm-hmm. we, we, we have a hesitancy to adopt these things and we, ha- we forget that it in, it says in the book of Mormon, all things, all good things come from Christ. I remember that yes. scripture. I think it's Alma yes. 540. At least that's one of them. There's there's multiple that say things like that's that. That's one of I would say there yeah. are multiple because Alma taught also that even the planets in their orbits denote there is that's a God. Right. 
I mean, and that, that right there is astrology. You know, I see that and I see Alma is an astrologer. I see Samuel the Lamanite is an astrologer. Because the difference that we're talking about here, astronomy, astronomy, right? Astro is the stars. Nomi is numbers. Hmm. So astronomy is you're measuring the stars. That's the measurements. That's the numbers. That's seeing where things are in line and in space and where they line up and things. Astrology, on the other hand, you've got astro logos. Logos is words. So you have the words or the stories of the stars. So what's the point of knowing the measurements of the stars if you don't know the significance? And this is why all of the ancient astronomers were also astrologers. I mean, if you look into this, like, you know, Galileo was an astrologer. Like, he he knew the stories of the stars. And maybe I got Galileo wrong. Like, don't, you know. Isaac if, Newton if was. I got that but, uh, yes. I mean, they were. And he he's one, even, who um, has, he has a prediction on when... Yep. Um, when Jesus Christ was born, even right, like he oh, I know he, he did born, that, like and he he tried to calculate the second coming because he's a Christian, and he and it's such yes. a follower and lover of Christ that I heard this on another mm-hmm. podcast that was actually shared to me by one of our sisters, um, but uh, it was fascinating to hear that I had no idea Isaac Newton was so religious, let alone tried to calculate the second coming of Christ, and for whatever reason his he came to the conclusion that it was going to happen sometime in like 2060 or something like that. I can't remember. And he was so depressed because he then found out it wasn't going to be in his lifetime. (laughs) Oh, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. Um, So yeah, I think these, these things are just amazing. And the astronomers and astrologers, I mean, really they were so hand in hand and I really, my favorite scriptural astrologer to me is Samuel the Lamanite. That's pretty cool. Because, you know, he comes. Yeah. I never thought of it that says, way. And he says, yeah. But he gives, yeah he's the one that gives says, the signs of the, of the birth of Christ. Yeah. A hundred percent. And he says, here's this astronomical event, right? The night will be as day. That's astronomy. This is going to happen. But now here's the astrology. This is what it means. It means that Jesus is going to be born, you know, and as the song says, in a land far, far away, right? You know, it's a great, great primary song. But, um, but that's astrology. And the two really do go so hand in hand. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see that. And in, you see at the beginning of Third Nephi, actually, you saw all these signs and wonders in heaven. And I read this actually this year. Um, I just finished the Book of Mormon again at the end of October, and I started it up again. My goal is to finish before the end of the year. I'm going to read it in these two months. I've, I've read well it in two way. months before. Uh, I wasn't really yeah. trying to. I was just reading it quickly, and it happened to be about two months. It was an it was a good experience. I, I'm, I'm usually I'm a lot slower than that, but two months it was it was a. I liked it, so I'm sure you can do it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm not sure you. I'm sure you will. I'm, I'm on my way. Four chapters a day will get me there before the end of the year. But, um, but it was in third Nephi chapter one towards the end and the beginning of chapter two that, that talks about the signs in the heavens from the birth of, um, of the savior. And, and it says that Satan began to work on the hearts of the people. And one of the things it says is that he got them to think that man did it. That it wasn't by God. And that, and he got them to think that it was him too. That it was of the devil. And so I think 
we have this idea that the stars are evil or people seeking after the messages in the stars are doing things wrong. They're getting the cart before the horse. They're missing the point of Jesus when it's like, no, actually falling into that mindset is a trap of Satan's. Why do we think he has that power? He only has power that we give him. He doesn't have the power to order the stars or the planets. That's only Jesus Christ. So if we're seeing correlations in places, you know, in things, in the stars and in the trees and in the way plants grow, if we're seeing a correlation there, then we pray about it and we find out what it means for us because it's in everything. Now, do we all have to learn astrology? Of course not. Do we all need to learn how to read tea leaves? No. And I don't, I don't know much about tea leaves. I threw that out there because that's a Harry Potter thing, which some people think is evil as well. So that like that, my point isn't about tea leaves, but I think everything though, like, like Alma said, everything denotes there is a God. Yeah. Everything. So why do, like, why do we get to pick and choose which ones, which ones don't? Um, So because of, I wanted to say real quick on your Samuel and Lehman, I thought, I, I think that's cool that he's your favorite astrologer. Um, in the Book of Mormon, he has a very limited uh, time in the Book of Mormon. But I was just reading literally the other day. Uh, it's funny you mention him because when Christ is talking with the Nephites, he's like, have you written down the words of Samuel the Lamanite? And they're like, uh, no. And he's like, why not? <laughs> he's like, what, what are you doing? He's like, I don't tell you these things. So you just sit on them and talk about them. He's like, no, write them down. Right. Um, it was kind of funny because like yes. that did – emphasize the significance of what Samuel the Lamanite had come to tell the Nephites specifically. Yes. And how he knew it, right? He was studying the stars. Yeah. He was, you know, he, that was given to us and he was doing that. And so, so with this interest that I developed and this learning, and and like I said, most of what I do is, um, is look at natal charts and it's been a great parenting tool. I don't talk to the kids specifically about theirs, but Spencer and I will, um, like I will do the looking and I'll share with Spencer just about, you know, different strengths or challenges that, that might be showing up in, in one or more of our kids' lives. And it's been so beneficial. I've talked to a lot of friends and it's brought up different, um, talking points on different places where they can um, even seek healing. And, and to know like the biggest thing for me is, is that it has been a second witness, like in some things where I have felt like maybe an oddball my entire life, like nobody gets this part of me. And it's like, am I just kind of this weirdo or this crazy person? And then I've seen it in, in my natal chart. And it's just been so reassuring to me that God knows me and no, I'm not this freak. I'm not this weirdo. It's I, I am known and I am seen. And do I need the stars for that? No. Can I get that reassurance straight from God? Absolutely. But there is this tool that can also facilitate in that. And then I take it to the Lord and receive that confirmation. But it's, it's really been wonderful. And, and like I said, I want to reiterate, no, not everybody needs it. Of, of course yeah. not. But I don't think it's something to run away from or be scared of. I, I think you make some good points. Um, one, uh, let's see. I can't remember what I was going to say based off of what you were just talking about, but that's okay. Um, let's get down to the nitty gritty here. Let's talk yes. a lot about what you wrote in the email and just kind of like, signs of the times as we're coming into the second coming not to be so as a as a 
as a little lead up to that, I I was really nervous to write that email, by the way. So I could tell. Um I actually <laughs> I, I, I said that I said that to one or two of our siblings that when we were just talking about it, because I was mentioning I was like, Yeah, I'm actually gonna bring her on the podcast. And I was like, I could tell that she was like I couldn't remember I can't remember exactly how I put it, but I was like, that was a different tone from Faith. I, I knew that. And I was like, I could tell it was born out of a lot of love for one and another, you were really trying to be careful with how you were talking about things and, and there was it was it was love mixed with almost like some fear or something. I don't know. I don't maybe fear is not a good word for that, but you you yeah, were saying that I you were scared like... to write it, so it does kind of fall under that same I get, I mean, yeah, scare and fear. I was, I guess I was, and I guess the word maybe I would choose was careful. I was careful and prayerful. I, I prayed for probably a week leading up to that. I knew I needed to write it. And the reason I knew was because of, let's see, I, um, I did write this down because I wanted to, um, be sure, um, hold on. It's DNC 88. And in verse 81, that's what it was. It becometh every man who hath been warned to warn his neighbor. And that's the scripture that popped into my mind when I was starting to, to see some of these things and, and to see that like in podcasts or, you know, YouTube videos, really like there are some things that I think are maybe unique to me, but I don't think I'm the only one who's talked about them or learned them. Even it's not like, whoa, I have this information that nobody does. That's not it. Um, because it was actually a sister-in-law of ours who sent me this first YouTube video about the eclipses. And, you know, that's, uh, that was the beginning of this stuff. And, and so other people are talking about it. And frankly, there are other people who have better like documentation of things, but it's something that has really been close to my heart. And, and I just, I have, I've been feeling an urgency and, and so I, I thought I can't keep this to myself. And that scripture kept popping into mind. And what's interesting is that in a couple of verses before that, in verse 79, it says things both in heaven and in earth, under the earth, things which have been, which are, which must shortly come to pass, things at home, abroad, you know, wars and perplexities, judgments on the land, you know, all these things. But it specifically says things on the it both in heaven and in earth. And I mean, so that was kind of a surprise to me to see that verse with this. And I thought, oh my goodness, it all fits. It all comes together. And I just, I felt like I needed to share this with some of the people who I love most, right? Of course, I talked to Spencer about it and we, we make decisions together and all of that, but I needed to say something to our family. And you, um, you were the first one to respond and super fast and ask me to, to be on here. So what, what we're talking about is, um, it are these, the three great American eclipses, right? Or actually it's, I mean, two or three, depending on how you look at it. So back in 2017, right on August 21st, we had the first of these two total eclipses, right? So, and I think most people remember this. We actually, this is way before astrology, but we got to watch it from our driveway here in Missouri. We had um, just moved into this house um, a couple months before, no, the month before. It was like, we closed June 30th and this is August 17th. So a month and a half after we moved here, the eclipse passes right over our house. I kept the kids home from school. We got our glasses and we sat on the driveway and we got to watch this total solar eclipse. And it was incredible. 
I uh, it was just it was. I was in Lubbock, and Lubbock, Texas, and it was it was such a like hazy day. Couldn't even see the sun. Oh, yeah, really? it was kind of a bummer. But I remember that famous kind of famous picture of Trump came out with him squinting without glasses at the at the eclipse. <laughs> anyway, so I remember that day very well. In other words, what I'm saying. That's funny. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people do because there was a lot of this hype about it, right? And so I didn't think much more about it until then I heard that, oh, there's going to be a second great American eclipse that's coming another direction across the country. And this was in 2020, I think, that I heard about it, or at least that I remember hearing about it. And there was a video I watched at that point that referenced these and some of the symbolism with this, but not as much as I heard um, earlier this year. Um, so probably, oh, I don't know if it's been two or three months ago now that um, that I did watch, um, his name is Matt Jepson, I think his name is, and he doesn't do anything for money on YouTube. He felt inspired to share some things and um, I really liked the way he put things together. I did have to speed up his videos because he, he talked a little slow for me. But, um, but his information I thought was really great. And, um, and so what the gist of it is here that we've got this first eclipse that started up in, uh, up in Washington, right? Or Oregon, Pacific Northwest. And it came down to the Southeast, um, across the country. I think it exited in Florida. Is this the, if I do you want me to right. pull, is this the picture, the map? that you sent me or is this a different uh, one? Yeah, we could show the map. It's yeah, a, this, this is what will, cause we'll be about, talking right? about. Yeah. Yes. This, okay. Yes. Let me pull that up for those that are on the YouTube version. Um, it always takes a second. There it is. Yeah, there we go. I can, there I can even go. zoom in too if you need oh. me to, I think. Yeah, I mean, that would be good. I mean, but you can see it there. The one that says August 21, 2017 is that red one that goes from the upper left and, um, yep, can you, down. Can you see the my right. cursor? Guess, so, yes, okay, so, up there in the northwest. All right, so upper left mm -hmm. all the way down to here. And, yeah, so did you – are you guys right there? Is that St. Louis? So we are – no, that's not St. Louis. That's actually barely south of Carbondale, Illinois, okay. I think. Carbondale, Illinois is this little place. There's actually significance with Carbondale that I, I'm not going to go into. I actually don't remember all of the things, but just like ancient America stuff, like with what people think took place around that area of Carbondale, Illinois, which is like – totally random, yeah. right? Um, Spencer and I actually spent uh, two or three nights in Carbondale once, you know, some years ago and totally randomly, but um, it was a fun little place, you know, a little college town. Um, but we are, we are probably closer to where um, the, the right side of the U is, I guess, but well, I don't know. I'm not sure where, but yeah, St. Louis is where we are. So that first one comes over, right? And, um, and then this next one that is, has yet to come, April 8th, 2024, is coming up through Texas and will exit through Maine. Okay. And that's mm. making, that's, those are the total solar eclipses. So those are the ones where if you are in the path of totality, you can take off your glasses and you'll have, you know, some time where the sun is completely eclipsed by the moon, which it's just, it's a surreal experience. I mean, when you're there, I mean, it goes dark 
you can hear the crickets start chirping, like the daytime noises stop and the nighttime noises start. Like it's, it's incredible and just beautiful. And one of my favorite pictures, if I had thought I would have sent this to you so you could share it on, on the screen. One of my favorite pictures is of two of our kids, their glasses. One of them you can see holding their glasses and they're just looking up at the sky with this pure wonder That's cool. on their faces. Yeah. It's it's so beautiful and I love it so much. So so this, like I said, didn't really know what this meant. Um, I mean, I, I always think things are significant though. They always mean something. And then the one in April coming, but here's, here's what's incredible. So they make this X, right? Mm-hmm. So the X in this kind of shape here, you could say it makes the, le- the Hebrew letter Tav, which is the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Okay. And what that means, I, I looked all this up. So the Tav, it means mark or a sign or omen, or it's a seal, Wait a right? So like the you can sign with X you. is a Hebrew letter Tav. That's what you just said? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, spells T-A-V or T-A-W are two spellings that I've seen. But, but the I've symbol is an X, just like we know it. The symbol is an X. Yes. Now, that has changed over time. Like, if you if you Google that, you know, if you Google the Hebrew letter Tav, it will show you multiple versions because the Hebrew alphabet has changed in characters. Their characters have changed over time. But that is that is one of them, clearly. Like, the X, the Tav, the final letter of the alphabet and it's a symbol of truth, perfection, and completion, which is also interesting. Yes, it is. So we've got that X being made. But then what's really fascinating is that we have this blue line that you can see that enters right about the same place as that April, the August 2017 yeah. eclipse, right? Yeah. And that was not labeled on here. But that is the eclipse that we just had October 14th. I watched that one. And that was... Because that came right over Utah. It was a partial eclipse. So it was like 90% coverage or something like that. It's called... It's actually called an annular eclipse, which is different from a partial. It is technically partial, but it's, it's different in that the moon does go over the sun completely, but the moon is too far away to block the entire light of the sun. If the moon had been closer in that spot, it would have looked big enough, but it was, it was far enough back that, that you could see a full ring around it. Okay. So what's really interesting about this one is that as this comes down on the map there, right, you have those two that come in and then there's the X over that makes kind of what looks like a sideways letter A or in the Hebrew alphabet, the letter Aleph or A-L-E-P-H. Is how, you, is how you spell it, Aleph, the Aleph. And that is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So right off there, these three eclipses have the sign of the first and the last. Or like one of Christ's name, Alpha and Omega, right? The beginning and the end, the Aleph and Tav. So that right there is significant, I think. Uh, that's, that is actually Christ's... No joke. I was kind of thinking, okay, the sideways A, I guess, okay, yeah, maybe. But then when you say the alpha and omega thing and the symbol, that is actually pretty, that's something. That's pretty crazy. And and when you look up, if you Google Aleph, um, 
it that one again there are multiple symbols because it has changed over time i don't know if it's like the old hebrew or the middle hebrew or or what but it is like a sideways a like the aleph is a sideways one it's not up like our a holy cow it's it is sideways and so so that's where it is like okay there there could be something there now what's interesting is that when you look up what the significance of aleph is like with the meaning of the aleph you'll find oneness of god which is really neat too especially because the this the annular eclipse is also called the ring of fire eclipse right because you see a complete ring of the sun around the moon so it's the ring of fire making the shape of an o for one or the circle which is infinity and also symbolizes oneness right you've got the wedding ring you know the wedding band is a circle it's that infinity circle it's that oneness together right so the aleph is symbolizing that oneness of god so what i what's what's really interesting here i mean so many different things and there, it's impossible to touch on all of the things but the two total eclipses that make that red x right there those are seven eclipse years apart and eclipse years are different than our gregorian calendar years because they they mark the point from the sun being in a spot in our sky to the sun being in that same spot in our sky and those are slightly shorter than the 365 day uh, years i think there's something like 344 so in other words august to april is exactly 7 august 21st to april 8th is exactly 7 years of eclipse years of of the eclipse years yes so then you have that number seven and there are cycles with eclipses i mean you can look up maps and if we had if you were on the website for these maps you could zoom out and you would be seeing eclipses all over the place but what's really fascinating is that these three eclipses are the only eclipses to touch the united states between the years of i think if you zoom out actually i included that in the screenshot if you can zoom yeah. out of this picture i included those years from 2013 to 2043 wait where does it so in 30 years where does it say that? up in the upper left oh gotcha yeah, yeah up right in the here. upper yeah, left yeah. of the picture so i i changed those numbers i am um, i wanted to see in that period of 30 years, there are no other eclipses to touch the United States. Now, I've actually had somebody ask me, well, then isn't that a little like egocentric to think that it's the United States that that like is the important place? Like, what about the eclipses in other countries and, you know, whatever, like, don't those matter? And why is this sign just here? Because there are good people all over the world in other countries. But... I think from our perspective as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I think it's safe to say that this country does hold significance for the entire world. It it absolutely does. And we we do know, we say in the 10th article of faith that Zion will be built upon the American continent, right? So there is significance here. It's not the only significant place, right? But what we have revealed to us 
in in these days are these records that refer specifically to the promises of this land and are there could be records that have promises to other lands because i'm sure they're there i mean christ went to visit lots of other sheep right he went to visit so many other people there are probably records hidden in other hills right around the world that talk about promises to different peoples but what has been revealed to us in these days are the promises for here. So I think we need to pay attention to that. I think that's significant. And I think if we start to say, well, what about the other countries? We can't forget them. If, if we use that as an excuse to not pay attention to what's here in front of our eyes, then we're going to miss the boat. And I, and I don't think that's a selfish thing because the promises are to all, and it's not that everybody has to come here, or if you're not living here, then you don't get the wonderful promises. Everybody who is giving and the, devoting their lives to Jesus Christ and coming to him will receive abundantly of his promises. It doesn't matter where you live. But looking at these, I think it is significant that in this, there's this large time period where these are the only eclipses seen. You can even see up to the east of Winnipeg there. I mean, that's a that's an annular eclipse that started just outside of our border, right? I mean, like it's not coincidental, right? And does correlation imply causation? Well, no, but we got to pay attention to correlations as well. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is what we've got. And so what when you think about the the tav, right? Those two eclipses, the total eclipses that that mean by definition if we're looking at as a tav, the meaning of that is the mark, right? It's the sign, it's the omen, it's the seal, right? Like this is the Lord. It's also the symbol of truth, right? Perfection and completion. To me, this is the Lord saying, all right. I mean, almost like time's up. Almost like when President Nelson says, we're running out of time. Do you remember him saying that phrase? That sounds familiar. I can't remember the context, though, besides the end of days. It was but... in conference. No, yeah, yeah. It I, was in conference. I guess I can't remember which conference and when, what year and all that. Yeah, and I can't, I'm sorry for not, but if you if you search for that, time is running out, Russell M. Nelson, I mean, it'll come up right away. I don't remember any prophet saying that ever no, before yeah, this time. I To me, that's pretty significant. <laughs> And, you know, you have this Tav that's like complete here. Now, does that mean the end of the world is coming or that Jesus is even coming April 8th? No, I, I personally don't think that that's what that means. But I think dominoes will start to fall. I think dominoes already have started falling. And I think we're going to see Which more. Which is what I want to get to, uh, especially because that's, I mean, that's... And we're taking a long time, aren't we? Uh, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Um, so you had mentioned... Um, okay, the, that, okay, the daily sacrifice that was being taken away. Yes, so that's in Daniel, Daniel chapter 12, right, right at the end of the book of Daniel, and, um, I, I'm going to pull this up as well, just to, um, be able to read it more clearly here, let me, I can read it, I got it, it says, and from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. So there was a video that you talked about that uh, a lady in the church yes. had referenced mm-hmm. that scripture specifically 
thinking that that day was when the temples shut down because of COVID, which is a, is yes. a fair assertion. I mean, uh, the part, I guess, of the scripture that I kind of have questions about is what is the end, the abomination that make it desolate set up? I don't even really know what that means. So, I mean, have you heard the phrase, the abomination of desolation? Uh, I mean, that's kind of a, an end of times phrase okay. that people will use. Um, and in Matthew 24, actually, there's, um, there is, people are asking Christ, how will we know, how will we know what, um, when you're coming again, right? And, um, and let's see, I should look that one up too. Um, but he says, Jesus mentions the abomination that Daniel mentions in, in Matthew 24. Um, and let's see, and I didn't write that one down. I should have written that one down, but that's another, um, kind of end of times, but he, but, let's see, I'm sorry. I should have that's looked. all right. Uh, basically saying that, you know, we're, we're going to be in such a bad place that it like the, the, the cleansing is going to have to be coming soon. Yes. Yes. And, you know, and it's just, it's part of those end time prophecies that, you know, we have the seven years of desolation that are mentioned in the Bible, in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think that's in Revelation. Again, I'm not the one that's all the scriptural things, but yes, the the video. I I should have considered having mom on this podcast. Granted, I mean, that actually would, never mind. That would not have worked. This would have, that would have been like four hours long. So never mind. But, <laughs> you're, you're right. But she was she's so, the one um, that could be does, like this is what it says there that who, yeah who exactly. Find those. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um but the channel that I watched is Christian Fire Poppy and again like that's not like just a strict endorsement but I I did enjoy or I appreciated learning what she had to share. She's the one who made the connection um with the closing of the Which, temples. I think that's so, as good of a theory as any. I, I mean, the, 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 the part, especially the part of the daily sacrifice shall be taken away. I mean, that's that's yes. what happens at temples. I mean, it's not, not literal sacrifice, but just kind of like that spiritual uh, sacrificing, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, like what our normal lives are for the sake of these higher covenants and... Yes. And when you think about the way the sacrifice was done in the ancient temple, right? What Daniel would have known when, you know, when Mm -hmm. he was not conquered, when, when he was not in Babylon, but that was a daily temple sacrifice, right? So if he's seeing the end times and he's seeing the temple, I mean, wouldn't he call that the daily sacrifice? Like it was in his time, you know, just because the temples are closed on Sundays, for, you know, sacrifices are closed on Mondays, you know, our temple is closed on Wednesdays, you know, but um, just depending on the numbers that you have, like, I think that's as close to a daily sacrifice as you get. Well, and it was, right? yeah, it was, it was widespread. It was worldwide, all that. Yeah. It was every, yes, every temple closed March 26th, 2020 was the first day of the full closure. It was the end of day, March 25th that they closed and that was it. Now, what's really interesting about this is that we have, we have a good friend who, um, who works in the temple here and we had, we had him and his wife over to dinner and he shared something that I thought was really interesting because with the temple closed, you know, some people were saying, well, can't you just open it up? Can't, can't we just go in and, and do the work, you know, and everything. And he said, no, you don't understand. The temples weren't closed because the first presidency and quorum of the 12 got together and said, 
you know, this is the way the wind is blowing and the government's going to shut us down. So we might as well do this. That's not how it happened. The prophet counseled with the Lord and the Lord told him the temples needed to be closed. What that means is the president of the church, Russell M. Nelson, who holds all the keys, right? And he's the one who has the sealing keys and they're delegated to the sealers to use, right? The president Nelson is the one who the sealing comes through. He's the tool for that, the vehicle for that right now. He was told by the Lord, the temples need to close, which means he no longer had authority himself to, to officiate in temple ordinances. That authority was taken off the earth. The daily sacrifice was taken away. This wasn't a convenience thing. This wasn't a, the government's telling us we have to shut down. This was from God saying temple daily sacrifice is being taken away and it could only come back in the phases as dictated by the Lord. I to- and that's what we... Got. I totally agree that it wasn't had nothing to do with governmental influence or anything like that. I totally agree with that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, um, so it's Matthew 24, 15, when Jesus says, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Which is what right? Nelson has so, been emphasizing more than anything during his presidency, by the way. Yes. Think celestial yes. and he, place, be peacemakers, uh, get absolutely. Like, the coming and, days will not be possible to survive without the guiding spirit of the Holy absolutely. Ghost. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it also, what I really liked, I looked this up because I looked up that scripture, the Standy in Holy Places from DNC 87. I looked up where that was in talks, and it was um, 10 times shared in the last 10 years. But in April 2021, uh, Russell M. Nelson's talk, What We Are Learning and We'll Never Forget. Remember, this was what, like the lessons from COVID yeah. that he talked about. But one of the things he said was, um, have you ever wondered why the Lord wants us to make our homes the center of gospel learning? It is not just to prepare us for and help us through a pandemic. Present restrictions on gathering will eventually end. However, your commitment to make your home your primary sanctuary of faith should never end. As faith and holiness decrease in this fallen world, your need for holy places will increase. I urge you to continue to make your home a truly holy place and be not moved from that essential goal. What Real quick, what tool were you using to see how many times that scripture was referenced in the last? Citation index. Ah. The scripture citation index. So the programmer for that, by the way, has been on this, has been on this podcast. Oh, Steve, that's Steve awesome. Steve Little. Great, that great guy. That is so cool. I, I believe it. I love that program. I love I it know. so much. Me and, me and Brian, the guy that I, I haven't done, Brian hasn't been on for a bit. That's been, honestly, because I haven't been consistent on this. Um, but Brian and I still keep in contact and everything. But he, Brian's the other host of this show. And we both are nice. such big fans of that app. And it was independently of each other that we discovered it. And we were like, we got to try cool. and get this guy on. And he came on and it was awesome. Oh, that's so cool. And well, his so son yes, happens to be I my mean. elders corn president. Yep. Kind of funny little coincidence there. <laughs> nice. Nice connection there. So, um, so yes, Jesus references the abomination of desolation that Daniel talked about, right? So that's when we go back to Daniel and see that. So when you do the time, Google is so cool. I mean, like there's a little plug for Google. They were not endorsing them either. No, though. Google actually does right? sponsor the podcast, believe it or not. 
There we go. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> right. So um, you can Google 1,290 days after March 26, 2020. Okay. So if we're calling the daily sacrifice that first day, like when it was taken away, if we're calling that March 26th, 2020, you Google 1,290 days after that and up pops October 7, 2023. And what happened that day? And Just I mean, over it's a, a day. I, it's yeah. I mean, Hamas's attack on Israel, right? I mean, 1,400 it, I just Jews murdered the most in a single day since the Holocaust. Yes. Devastating. Devastating. And we've seen, I mean, we've seen what's going on and the, I mean, it's un, it's unreal. It's unreal what's going on. But many people are saying, right, that we are on the brink of World War Three, mm-hmm. possibly, and, or that wouldn't be surprising anyway. And I'd, I, honestly, I don't follow the news. That's something that I let go of a long Good time ago. Um, I, um, well, it's, I, I hear enough of what I need to. Sometimes it's a couple days later, but it's when I need to, I, I hear about things. And so could this be the setup of the abomination of desolation? I think absolutely. I mean, because, you know, in Daniel, it uses those words, right? When the abomination that's going to make desolate is set up, that sounds like a domino falling, right? Mm-hmm. So, so where this to me, where this links with the eclipses, and I, I feel like this is really important here, right? Because it was seven days after October 7th that we had the eclipse that makes the Aleph, the one that symbolizes oneness with God, right? The one that is, that is the sign to, to become one with God. To me, that's saying... You still have time. I mean, you know, we, because time is of this earth, right? The agency is eternal. We can always choose things. Agency is always, is, is eternal, right? We'll say that. But time is of this earth, okay? So to me, it's like, like President Nelson said, time is running out, right? We, we are running out of time. I feel like this Aleph that comes, this, this sign in the heavens is saying, you have time right now. I also feel like April 8th, 2024, when the seal is complete, right? That Tav is finished. I think that we will be more in the thick of things. And so the reason I felt back to the email, back to the reason this whole thing, you know, is happening here. I, I felt like it was important to encourage people to prepare in whatever way they see fit. And that for some people will look like shoring up their food storage. For some people that could look like getting bike parts to be able to help people with bike parts or car parts maybe because there's going to be a shortage of who knows what. Maybe it's people who are going to be, you know, holding on to clothes of various sizes or shoes because kids still grow and, you know, they're going to need things. And and maybe we're going to have worldwide shortages of of things that we don't even realize that, you know, are going to be an issue. And, and so I did feel like, because I do feel like come April that we are being told like this sign is like, this is telling us it's, you know, things are coming to completion here. 
And, and we can look more into the different revelations. We can look more at the different signs, but at a very basic level, I think it's prepare yourselves. I mean, we've been told for how many decades, how many generations have been told to prepare? People have gotten tired of it, right? They think, well, everybody's been told to prepare and nothing's happened. And, you know, you can't tell me that food storage is for the time that the power goes out because like that wasn't even that big of a deal and we would have made it through. And, you know, they're probably right. They would have made it through without food storage. But was it helpful to have it? Did it ease the burden a little bit? I mean, if you can put a little more energy into something prayerfully, because again, I think what we're being told to do isn't necessarily going to be what our neighbor's told to do or what you're told to do. Right. You know, I, I don't know what it is for you, well, you but... Real quick, you, you skipped over the 45 days more from that verse, didn't you? I don't... Oh, yeah. I... So, yes, I didn't even talk about that. So in verse 12, after... so. In verse 11 of Daniel 12, we get from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Yeah. Yes. So then we get verse 12. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. So people take this differently, I'm sure. My understanding is that we're adding 45 days to the October 7 time. Some people think that we're starting over and counting 1,335 days from October 7. I don't think so. Maybe we are, maybe we're not. I see it as adding 45 days. When you add 45 days or you count 1,335 from March 26th, it takes us to November 21st of 2023. And and the promise there is- Less than two weeks away. Uh, actually by the time this episode drops, it'll be about a week away. So there's that. So there you go. But the promise here is here is, is the blessings for those who are waiting and getting to that point. But here's the thing waiting. I mean, I've had this conversation with our children and with a couple of friends. I mean, I don't believe that this waiting is like the, you know, twiddling your thumbs. Okay. I'm just holding my breath and waiting. And can we get there already? I mean, time's going pretty fast for everybody. So 45 days, isn't that long. It'll be here before we know it. But when you think about what waiting is, think about somebody who waits tables. There's an expectation. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a... And yeah, somebody who's serving, serving others, yeah. right? They're saying, can I fill up your water cup? Do you need more chips? Do you need more salsa? Can I get you to anything else? Do you want somebody. dessert? Yeah. Yes. And so couldn't this be blessed is he who is waiting on the, the Lord? Lord. Yeah. Wouldn't that be the Lord? Yeah. And what are we using? What are we doing for this 45 days? Are we, are we yelling at people for their beliefs on Palestine and about Hamas? There's plenty of that going on, but can we wait on the Lord? And can we let our interactions with our brothers and sisters include that waiting on the Lord? I mean, this is when, when contention arises in our home, honestly, that has become my catchphrase how can you wait on the Lord in this situation? You know, with what's going on as an individual, don't wait for your brother or your sister to wait on the Lord, you know, before you do, how can you do that in this moment? And so is something huge going to happen November 21st? I have no idea, Harper. Well, I, honestly, <laughs> I it kind of doesn't sound like it. Even I don't from think the it scripture does either. Itself, like it just, it just says, blessed is he that waiteth. It sounds very individual. Yes. Yes. Because 
I can wait on the Lord for me. And you can. But it is kind of interesting to think like that day will something on a personal level be felt among those that are waiting faithfully. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what I'm really looking forward to. Our temple has been closed now for um, five and a half weeks. Cleaning? For cleaning. For the fall cleaning. And they've been changing some of the lighting in the celestial room. And Spencer and I got to go help one evening with the cleaning. And Mm -hmm. so we got to go into the celestial room and see the scaffolding. You know, always cool. But it opens again this Tuesday and Spencer and I have been able to, for the past several years now, um, since before COVID, we go to our Tuesday morning at five thirty session, um, uh, every week. And it's unless we've been out of town, but even then we try to go when we're out of town. Anyway, it's it's November 21st is on a Tuesday. How about that? And so I'm, I'm thrilled. That's what I am. I'm working toward, right? Like I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord for that. I mean, we'll be there on the 14th as well, because that's the day that it opens this coming Tuesday. But, um, but I'm looking forward to that time in the temple. And, and we've been encouraged by our leaders so regularly now increase your time in the temple, even go there more. And so after it opens, you know, I'm, I'm working on getting an every other Friday schedule for initiatories. I haven't really been able to do that, but I talked with our kids, they're old enough and I can, I can take that time on Fridays um, twice a month to go do that, you know? And so I encourage anybody who's, who anybody who whether you're attending the temple or not you know if you're not and you're not able to get ready do what you can and if you're already attending what can you do more to be there but also at the same time take it as the practice to be able to make your home just as holy right we've been taught that too our homes are the only place that can compare with the temple that way And are we doing that? I mean, that was President Nelson, right? In that April, 2021 talk about preparing our homes. But in order to know how to prepare our homes, we have to know what it's like in the temple. We have to go to the temple so we can practice that. And then we can bring it home with us and and do that. And are there other ways? Of course, but that's a really great way to do it, (laughs) to practice by being in the temple and, and practice bringing it home and seeing what we can do so that you know, if temples get closed again, I mean, I think, I mean, Elder Bednar, I think was pretty clear. I think he's the one who said never again, will we let them close like our our church? I guess I think he was talking about Sunday worship. I think he was talking about Sunday worship though. Um, because the temple thing, that was the Lord, right? Who did that? That wasn't man. We can't blame man for that. Um, and so, Anyway, it's just, it's a beautiful opportunity. All of this, everything really is an individual opportunity to come unto Christ. And is there a timeline attached? Yeah, that's why these prophets got numbers. And that's why they put them in the Bible. Do I think we need to make a God of those numbers? Of course not. Of course not. Because if we get so intent on that, then we miss the mark again. But they're meant to help us come unto Christ. And so the question then becomes, what lack I yet? Like, what do I need to let go of? I mean, DNC 25, I, I love that one. And um, just the, the admonition to, let, to lay aside the things of the world, right? And to remember the covenants that we've made. And so I think that can be like a physical, what can I let go? And, you know, what, what can I get rid of in my home even? You know, I could get into energy stuff again, just because that's always on my mind. And it's so connected with this. But, um, but it really is such a beautiful invitation 
to come unto the Lord. And the signs are there for those who are willing to see. And they're in everything, not just the the sky, but they absolutely are. Just one more quick note. You said on that um, that first eclipse in 2017, you had a hazy sky. I I got prepared and I ordered the eclipse glasses for us to get here before they actually got here on the 14th and we were just getting a partial here right it wasn't coming over we weren't going to see the full ring we were just going to see the the little bit but I thought I'm going to get them ready and we'll save them for April so we'll be all ready because we are going to go and we're going to drive down to Cape Girardeau that's going to have like over four minutes of totality it's only a couple hours from us and um, we're going to do that in April but I thought we'll have them for this October 14th. And it was totally cloudy all day, mm. like thick clouds. Like you couldn't even tell exactly where the sun yeah. was. Right. And, and I pondered that for a little bit. I thought, you know, I've, I've been watching, I've been waiting. Like, and I can't even, I don't even get a foot on the glasses and see it. And, and it was just so comforting what I received in that the point isn't the eclipse itself. The point is the message of Jesus Christ that it's sharing. And if we can receive that, why do we need to see an eclipse? So no, we don't have to go travel to see it, but when we're two hours away and I feel like that's an okay thing to do, I don't know if I would feel comfortable, honestly, traveling five to seven hours even. I mean, other people will, and that that's great. That's on them, that, but that's me. I don't know if I'd want to do that with our eight kids and um, you know do it just for the eclipse, but because we're so close, we will be. And, um, and really, but if the sky is cloudy then, that's okay. Because the message has been received. We are waiting on the Lord. Yeah. All right. So just to kind of put a bow on this real quick. So November 21st of this year. So just in about a week, maybe be prepared for some sort of nice spiritual transformation of sorts. I don't know. That'd be cool. All right. Just putting that out there. Or maybe prepare Prepare for that over the next week or whenever you hear this. Yeah. Prepare for prepare for something. Ask and ye shall receive. Ask what you should ask for, you know? Ask what you should be looking forward to on the 21st. I like that. I like that. And then April 8th of next year is going to be another eclipse. And that could that's, that's essentially a sign of uh, more potentially crazy things happening not as friendly no but if you are prepared you shall not right, fear. right right but i'm not saying to be it's, fearful but just like you know be on guard just watch be prepared. be prepared and so i i mean the question that i invite people to ask again is what what do i need to do to prepare yeah that's a question we should be asking our for whatever it is ourselves for whatever it is yeah day. we can ask that at any time yeah. of our lives but well, sis, thanks. Thank you so much for coming on. It was fun. It was interesting. Um, I I know there thanks will be people that will be listening to this that will be like, hey, that was that was definitely worth it. So thank you for making it worth their time. Thanks for coming on. Um, and I'm sure we'll be in touch further. We'll probably have to connect at some point about my birth chart to see, like, at which point in my life I uh, become a millionaire and things like that, you know? Be good to know. You know, here it is. That's what your oh, let's see. Okay. That's what yours looks like. All right. Little sneak peek. All right. I like it. Oh, if I hope maybe I shouldn't have done that. I I mean, because I okay, and I guess maybe I do need to apologize because I should have asked you if I could flash it up because 
I really do take these things very seriously. And, and I consider the birth chart incredibly sacred. And I don't like to just, I mean, your viewers aren't going to see that and know what it means. And I, they're, yeah, they're I, I agree. Right. And I also dare one of them to try and do something that would compromise me for, through my birth chart. I'd bring it, it on. Which, okay, I'm going to say, I mean, okay, besides the fact that anything is possible, like that's not, that's not going to happen. Yeah. They, you know, but it's just, it's an insight into the individual. So I've, I've, I've got an People can never read you, me. So I'm not concerned about that. So anyway, <laughs> good luck to all of them that try. Anyway, well, thanks again, Faith. Right. Really appreciate it. Right. Thanks for coming Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. Me. That'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for checking in, everyone. If you liked what you heard today, I ask super quickly if you could just follow or subscribe to the podcast, give it a rating, give it a review, tell your friends about it. All of that stuff helps me quite a bit. Watching the growth has been super humbling and motivating to keep going. And I could not possibly appreciate all of you more. Sitting on my table, I'm watching. As everything's changing my mind, going to a different time. Old love, I remember falling so madly. There must have been magic in the valley. And a rhythm in the night. Cause I could almost see it. Did you fade right out of you? If it takes time, I, I, if it takes time.